What's up, guys? Locked on Irish Podcast. Friday edition, Friday afternoon edition. Hopefully have it done and recorded, uploaded the whole bit by the time you get out of work today. Hope you had a great week. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host, as always, coming at you live from the Locked on Irish studio. I guess I can call it that, right? Nothing else to call it. Your team daily, five day a week, number one daily podcast. The official Notre Dame podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're following us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook. Have awkward pauses between your words. Try to do it for like dramatic effect, but didn't work. You, you do so many podcasts. I mean, shoot, I'm pushing. I bet I've done over 150 podcasts between my original project and now being a part of the Locked On Network. You just play with different things and some things hit, some things don't. You just try to try to find your style after a while. Uh, here in Ohio, White Death has hit. Uh, I don't know if it's snowing where you're at. Uh, some of you people listening may not even know what snow is. I hate you, so good for you. But let us know at some point where you guys listen from. I'd love to hear that. You know, my guy Damon Amendolara on the DA show always does the uh, Target Demo Friday. Let us know. Tweet at the show, at Locked On Irish Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook as well. Remember iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from uh, hear from you and where you're at. You know, we get the data and stuff like that, but who are you specifically? Throw your handle at us and on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll put a profile picture, which I'm sure just looks just like you, with the with the name. We want to definitely interact with our audience on here. So Friday show today, we got some schedule news as far as time. Uh, there's going to be home kickoffs, NBC and. Notre Dame have decided what times the games are going to kick off, so we'll, we will kick off haha, with that. Then we're also going to get into some recruiting news and some conference realignment things. And things, things. And the recruiting news isn't going to be so much recruiting news. It's just going to be basically who's your favorite recruit in this class. And we're going to concentrate on the offense, and we're going to see what exactly we got on offense. Uh, in the final segment of the show. But schedule got released today. Times, kickoff times for all the home games. They didn't even wait for the spring game to do like some crazy presentation with some signs and this and that. They're just like, we're ready to play football. Uh, of course, we kick off the season on August 29th against Navy in Ireland. And it sounds like game day is going to be there. That is on ESPN. So I would imagine if it is like it was last time, that's going to be a 9 o'clocker. And then we have a bye week right off the rip. So for those planning ahead, you don't have the schedule in front of you, here's what it looks like. we got the spring game, 1230, NBC Sports on April to 18th. Then August 29th, it's ESPN in Ireland. Remember, that Navy game is in Ireland. So that's probably going to be a 9 a.m. kick. Now, as far as what was announced today, Arkansas is going to be at 2.30. I will be at that game. We'll try to do a few crossover shows. I've done these in the past. Um, there is a Locked On Razorbacks. We'll have those guys on. And uh, we'll figure out who their beat writers are and things like that leading up to the game. I always like to do that on a game week that I'm going to be going to. Uh, Western Michigan the next week is a 2.30 kick as well. I don't know what's up with the 2.30 kick stuff. It's interesting. You know, we do the 2.30, 7.30 thing on NBC until, what, late... We'll get to it here. Uh, let's go down the list. Uh, the Wisconsin Shamrock Series game is a 7.30, followed by the next week at home against Stanford at 7.30, back-to-back night games before a game at Pitt. What could go wrong, right? Uh, then we come back. We go to a bye on the 24th. Halloween night at home against Duke is a 3.30 kick. Again, not till October 31st do we have a 3.30 kick. 
Then we get the showdown with Clemson. Hopefully both teams are sitting pretty at 9-0. and Let's do it at 7.30. That is an NBC 7.30-er. And then Senior Day, November 21st against Louisville. Uh, and now we roll back to 2.30. So we only have one 3.30 home game this year. Interesting. We have three night games. I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts about these night games. Uh, I hate them, personally. I just hate night games because I hate staying up staying up for them. That kind of sucks. 7.30 doesn't make it too bad, though. The problem with ESPN is, I know I'm like dating myself here as far as, like, I'm not that old. I'm 33. But the problem with ESPN is, yes, it might say 8 o'clock. We're not kicking that game off until 8.20. Okay? It, that's it's a long night and then you throw in all the commercials and all the advertising spots and we're talking that game go even if there's a ton of timeouts or whatever you're pushing midnight no matter what there because you, like I said you're not even kicking off to almost 8:30 um the schedule itself as far as my thoughts go kind of what was expected I kind of didn't think Stanford would be a night game they're coming off of a bad year I guess Notre Dame does. I don't know if this is in contract, but I feel like if it is, I've I feel like I've heard of it. Um, it looks like yeah, I I thought that I'd heard with this it's seven thirty. There's gonna be two seven thirty kickoffs. I I guess every year at home, and because Wisconsin is uh, the Shamrock Series neutral site game at Lambeau, uh, that doesn't count. I don't know if that's fact. Somebody help me out. I'm not sure if that's a fact that we do no matter what now two night games at Notre Dame Stadium. So check on that. I wish I had the co-hosts in the house today, but they are not. We're just trying to squeeze this one in. So I'd be interesting to know, interested to know if that is the case. Of course, a lot of the away games have not been announced yet. That includes Wake, Pitt, uh, Georgia Tech, and USC. So you can kind of make your own guesses on those. Uh, like I said, nothing really changes as far as game times, uh, the way I feel about these games. We knew Clemson would be at night. We knew Wisconsin would be at night. Pretty simple. Stanford, I mean, they just lost KJ Costello. It wasn't like he was going to be the starter next year anyway, but they're coming off of a rough year, and recruiting's been fine. It's just going to be up to David Shaw and how he can develop the talent that he has there coming off of probably, I believe, his worst season at Stanford. So really nothing changes for me other than that back-to-back night games before going to Pitt. Pitt it just seems to be a thorn in our side sometimes, especially going to Heinz Field. Not real thrilled about that because those are two, you know, going to be emotionally charged games. And then, like I said, and man, Wake Forest is no joke. Having to go down there, playing at the Panthers Stadium, that's they're, they can give us fits. They can. I don't think they – I don't – think they'll win by I'm not saying that by any stretch but I think that game could be you know a 24-14 going into the fourth quarter they have the ball in plus territory kind of thing where it's like okay we need to clamp up here you know it's keep if they can keep it close late we see what happens they have some firepower to make some things happen and it's not very deep so that is the schedule again 230 Arkansas 230 Western Michigan 7.30 Wisconsin and Stanford as well at 7.30. And then another 7.30 against Clemson. And 2.30 Senior Day, Louisville. Uh, Duke was October 31st, Halloween night at 3.30. All right, guys, back at it again. Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hopefully your day is going tremendous. Hopefully your roads are good and fine and all that. You made it to work okay. I, my son is at a new school, and I did not even check anything. He's pretty young. 
I, I don't know what I was thinking. And it's really not a school. It's more of a daycare uh, kind of thing. And, you know, usually they're on like track with a local school. I got all the way there and wasn't even, I'm, I only have one kid. So it's like, this isn't like, and this is like the first round of like taking him to school kind of thing and, or, or having a routine of any kind. So I drive all the way to there and I'm like, there ain't no cars here. What was, I wouldn't even have thought about it. You know, you just get in that routine and you're like, all right, here we go. Oh, wow. That's, that's good. I'm glad I spent all that time driving. Right. So, so let's talk about conference realignment. Conference realignment. Kind of want to just, I want to get your opinions on it. The reason I brought this up is Mark and Will, they were going to get to a show a couple weeks ago and Mark's uh, dishwasher decided to flood his kitchen on his brand new hardwood floors. So obviously that show didn't happen. And they were talking about Boise State's kind of desire to potentially get out of the Mountain West. And it's interesting to me because I, I think it's a good move for them. I think they can absolutely compete in the Big 12. Uh, I could think they could compete in the Pac-12. I think the Big 12 could potentially eat itself. When conference realignment rolls back around in 2026, I think the Pac-12 could absolutely, or the Big 12 could absolutely eat itself. It's not careful. They've been so exclusive to and, and just devoted to Oklahoma and Texas. They let A&M walk because they were so, you know, forward-leaning toward the Longhorns. And that conference is not good right now, especially from a name-brand value. You have two teams. You have two teams. And... And you have one essentially in basketball. I mean, nobody's nobody's rushing to the arena to see anybody else other than the Kansas Jayhawks in basketball. You know, at least in the ACC. Okay, you got Clemson. You have Florida State as a brand name. You have Miami as a brand name. They're brand names. They're just they're struggling right now. There's there's no doubt about that. And then you know you flip over to basketball, and at any given time, any team is good. But as far as name value, you got Louisville. You got North Carolina. You got Duke. I mean, you got UVA just coming off of a title. Florida State's really good this year. NC State. I mean, NC, North Carolina loves basketball. You have all these names. Any given time, you know, Georgia Tech might be good in football, or even Virginia Tech's pretty good. Um, I think the Big 12's screwing up here, and they could be the ones left behind in 2026 when, when all this kind of rolls around. Because they really have the opportunity to be one of the bigger power conferences. They could easily pull in a Houston. What's wrong with Houston? Huge metropolitan area. You you know, you, you could almost have like a Texas division and then an everyone else division. I mean, you got Baylor, Texas, TCU. You brought in TCU. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's stopping you. Uh, Texas Tech, you got Houston. You got SMU is in Dallas, okay? SMU is in freaking Dallas. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you bring in Rice, but you have two gyms right there in SMU at Houston, and SMU has shown that they can get back on track. And while you're at it, just snap up Boise State. And if Boise State doesn't go to the Big 12, then they should have no problem going to the to the Pac-12. No problem at all. And as lightly as they're recruiting out there right now, outside of Oregon, and that's just been a kind of a newer thing. I was reading something the other day where the whole state of California combined that has Power 5 football. The schools in California didn't land more five-star recruits than Georgia alone. That's a problem, especially given as much talent that's out there in California. That is definitely a problem. Now, how does this all circle back to Notre Dame, you might ask? Well, what do you think? Because I'm a conference guy. Hate me for it. Stop listening. I don't care. I'm a conference guy. 
I mean, I, I've been, as I heard one said, I've been kicked out of nicer. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. In 2026, we got to go. We got to go to a conference. This is stupid. I mean, what other sport do you have independent teams, teams that don't play as part of the conference? And I know that at one time I got it too. There was the allure of being independent and all this tradition and all this other stuff. I get it. And I still kind of get it to an extent. But you know when I stopped getting it is late, like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there, and I was going to games. I didn't start going to games till 2006. Um, and it was like we lost a game and our season's done, especially when it was the BCS format. Now, if they extend to eight teams, you know, you might be able to make an argument to me of, you know, not joining a conference, but why? Why? And I'm also not a fan of the USC rivalry. I don't care. It can go. Bring. I'm a fan of the overall sport, okay? Bring back, I'm more interested in bringing back Pitt and West Virginia, Texas A&M, Texas. I really don't have much interest in the USC rivalry other than they've played against each other a really long time and are supposed to hate each other. I, that's all I got. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. The, the, the rivalry just does not transcend college football. I mean, it does in the sense that it's something that happens in the fall, but they don't play each other in anything else. It's like the only rivalry that doesn't that doesn't occur. It's the only rivalry that doesn't occur. I mean, Ohio State and Michigan meet on on the um, in golf or on the rink. People like at least perk up and kind of listen to who won or lost. If Notre Dame and uh, USC play each other in basketball, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not a rivalry. And they're so far away, they can't even like you know, hang a flag and, you know, hang a Notre Dame flag in the Coliseum, you know, do that old school kind of taunting stuff. You can't even do that. It's too far away. Like more interested in Michigan state, put Michigan state back on the schedule, you know, especially right now, SC so down, they got out recruited by Troy. I mean, it just doesn't mean that much to me. I, I really don't, it does nothing for me. The Michigan rivalry, bring it back. Uh, you know, I think we got to go, we got to go to the ACC because this is dumb. This is dumb. And then we win our conference, and nobody has anything to bitch about. It's infuriating. You know, we go 12-0, and 0, and yes, do we play a tougher schedule than anybody else? Hell yeah. Has some of our schedules not been as good as first thought? Hell yeah. Like in 2018, you know, we have no control. We scheduled Florida State. It's not our fault they sucked. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. Last season, I think the Louisville game was scheduled back, you know, Lamar Jackson, Jackson-ish territory. Uh, we put Georgia on there. Virginia turned out to be good. If I'd have told you whenever that game was scheduled, Virginia's going on, you don't care. Virginia turned out to be a solid team. SC was down. Michigan, we got thumped by them, and we don't know what they're doing. Are they up? Are they down? We have no clue if they, how good they are. Virginia Tech, when that game got scheduled, you were pumped. You know, you thought, okay, this is going to be a tough game, and they're just, and it was a tough game, but they're not that good. You know, Duke, when it was scheduled, David Cutcliffe had him rolling. Nah, it was nah. You know, Navy, get it off there. I don't care. The debt's been paid. Don't care. Get it off there. I don't care about all the tradition of all of it. The debt's been paid. I understand they saved the school. It does nothing for us, especially the way they run their offense. We come away with injuries, and we always play like shit the next week. So move on. Next one. You know, bring on BC. We'll take BC on the schedule. I'm good. I've already told you that. The two prominent Catholic schools that play Power 5 football. Make it happen. I want to hear your thoughts, and I want to hear a good argument. I want to hear a decent argument, not just we've. this is the way we've always done it, tradition, all that. What's the argument? Because we're not making any more money. 
we're not making any more money by being independent. Uh, I mean, we just had to pay, what was it, $1.2 or $1.8 million to play Cal? We just had to pay a Power 5 school, a state Power 5 school to come play us in 2022. This is It's stupid. It's stupid. So in 2026, we need to get to the ACC, and that's what I want. A lot of people are like, why not the Big Ten? Because I want the basketball rivalries. I want the lacrosse. I want all the other rivalries that are, are the, the matchups that mean something. Soccer. Like, maybe you guys don't care about that. You just want to talk about football. I get that. But I want to see Notre Dame Duke. I want to see Notre Dame North Carolina, Virginia, and those other sports. The SEC or the ACC is pretty dang good in baseball. I want to see those matchups. The Big Ten doesn't move my meter in basketball. Yes, the probably the best conference in the country this year has been very good. But traditionally, no. You want to talk tradition? There you go. Let's fire up that tradition wagon. And then you want to talk about the tradition of rivalries? Okay. So we swap out SC and play Florida State every year. We swap out SC or Navy and we play the U every year. We start playing Clemson every year, which doesn't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. You sign me up for that. Let's realign to that. And we lose a game, it's not over. That's the thing. Competitively, that's where I'm at. This isn't just... I'm trying to be a pain in the ass and take the opposite side of some people with some just just an old state of mind. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to be hot take guy. I'm just telling you that at the end of the day, one, it just doesn't make any sense having independent teams. Like BYU, get in the conference. Pac-12, take BYU, please. They recruit decently. They're always competitive. They have smart football fans. Take BYU. They deserve to be in a Power 5 conference. They've done enough. And if you can't get in a conference, then drop down. I don't care. Go away, because it's dumb. It's just dumb. But you want to talk about, uh, this is what it's about. I'm not trying to be contrarian for the sake of listeners or whatever, because half of you probably stopped listening once you heard that I want Notre Dame to be in a conference. But here's where my head's at. It is. It's all about competition. And right now, we lose a game, and it's not. It's supposed to be judged on a year-to-year basis. I get it, but it's not. We lose a game. Our season is over until they expand to eight. And even then, what's the chances of us getting in? They're gonna, What they're likely going to do is they're going to take the Power 5 champs, great. Then they're going to take three at-larges. And we're going to be extreme. And one of those at-larges is going to be a non-Power 5. So they're going to take two. Because we're viewed as a Power 5. So we're going to have to go 11-1. and one, You know, and it. I just feel like if they don't expand, yeah, good luck. We're going to have to go undefeated and have the schedule on top of it. As soon as we go 11-1 and one without a conference championship again, one, if it's four teams, we're not getting in. If it's eight teams, it'll come down to who else, Who are we against? Are we against a 12-1 uh, and one Georgia who just lost in the SEC title game? Bye. We're not in, friends. Is it against, uh, I don't know, a Virginia Tech who just lost a 12-1? and one? Clemson's 13-0. and 0. Virginia Tech's 12-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, not re- very realistic right now, but these are the scenarios you're looking at. So tell me what you think. Give me all the hate you want at Irish on Twitter. And let's talk about some recruiting. All right, guys, back at it. Locked On Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's talk a little bit about these recruits this year. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. So ended up with some nice players on the offensive side of the ball. We ended up getting nine guys on the offensive side. Uh, Michael Mayer, 
highest rated player in this class. Our only five-star recruit, like I said the other day, for whatever reason, after they did their final evals, everybody kind of dipped in their uh, ranking. Mayer was ranked number 31 nationally out of all players, number two at his position, number one in his state, uh, coming out of the state of Kentucky, Covington Catholic. Uh, Who are you most excited about on the offensive side of the ball? I think I'm most excited about two guys, and it's not the two you'd think. Because here's the thing. This is where, in my last segment, complaining about wanting to be in a conference, I I didn't say that to be different. I said it because it's how I feel. But I'm going to say these two to be different because I think it would be easy to say Tyree and Mare are your favorites because I think they're probably going to see the most. Let me be careful with my words here. For the most part, I think Mare and Tyree will see the most playing time. But I, on the flip side, I think long-term impact, I think Jordan Johnson and Tosh Baker could have that. I think if one lineman goes down right now, I think Tosh Baker could shift in there. He's 6'7", 271. I truly think that he can shift almost any position outside of a center. He's definitely an offensive tackle. Don't get me wrong. I know that. Not like forgetting uh, Jordan Botello it was a uh, linebacker. That's my fault. I know. Bag on me. I am, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm giving you time. Giving you time. That rant more so comes from forgetting that, and I'm going to make excuses, and that's just what I do. But that really just comes mostly from I I want a big stud middle linebacker or outside linebacker like a Jalen Smith who's just ready to go. I mean, I got we got spoiled, guys. Toyota, Toyota, um, to Jalen, that was just being spoiled at its finest. But Jordan Johnson, I mean, I think he can have an impact right away. I really do because I know we already think we our wide receivers are set next year. I know. I, I know everybody in their mind is saying, okay, these are the guys and these are going to be the starters next year. What have our guys, what have they proven? I mean, seriously, what have our receivers proven? I'm waiting. Because I, I don't think they, the ones that are coming back haven't really proved a thing. I know Kevin Austin's coming back, but what's he done? What's he done? He had five catches for 90 yards in four games. What's going on two years ago? Okay. I know everybody's all high and excited on him, but he hasn't done anything. He sat out all last season. Fine. Do you know who the leading receiver is coming back to this team? I'll give you three, two, one. Javon McKinley, and it's not even confirmed he's coming back. I know we're all excited about Braden Lindsay and all the things he did. 11 catches, 254, two, uh, 454 yards total from scrimmage, 13 rushes, 200. It's beautiful. He is the next Rocket Ishmael. Give him three Heisman trophies before he graduates. I know. I got it. And the prospects of him and Lawrence Keyes in the field at the same time is just people are unbuttoning pants over it. However, judging on what is coming back out of the totality of their um, of their production and the stats – you got Javon McKinley's our leading wide receiver, 11 catches, 268, and that pretty much came against Bowling Green and the mighty Lobos of New Mexico. So my question is, why can't Jordan Johnson, as a four-star guy, 6'1", 182 pounds, everybody in the country wanted him, number six wide receiver overall, why can't he have an impact right away? That's my question. I think he can. I absolutely think he can. And I want to see Xavier Watts as as well. Uh, I know Nebraska wanted him. We also have Jamer Brunel, but I think he's a little more of a project, especially, you know, the, the competition in high school football isn't great in Nebraska, but I can tell you this, it's better than it is in Massachusetts. 
uh, I know Nebraska just wanted this guy like crazy. We stole him right out from underneath of him um, right here in this uh, Scott Frost era. So I'm interested to see how he does. And then, like I said, Tosh Baker, I think this kid's a freak. I think he's going to be really good. He's in the top 100 nationally, uh, number nine in his position. Um, you know, of course I'm excited for Tyree and that speed. I mean, this is the kind of speed Notre Dame's not really had before. And, of course, I'm excited for the dude that looks like Captain America. Literally, I'm looking at his headshot right now, and he's staring a hole right through my skull. I mean, I, I'm so pumped for Michael Mayer. I think he's going to be incredible. But the guys I'm most excited about at the moment, I guess it's because I've already conceded to Mayer can be incredible pretty much right away. Tyree's going to show flashes this year and then be great. But then Jordan Johnson and Tosh Baker, I just feel like nobody's talking about them because we have these two just studs just ready to go. And I think long-term, I mean, they're all in the same class and they all play a different position. I think these are the guys of the future, in my opinion. Now, as far as rounding out the offense, we got Michael Carbody, another offensive tackle. I think he'll redshirt this year. Also got Drew Pine coming in. Going to be interesting to see how Pine fits. Going to be really interesting to see how Pine fits with uh, Buckner coming in and Brendan Clark already on the roster. Then, of course, I just talked about Xavier Watts. Uh, who else we got? I said Jay Brunel. And then one kind of off the radar here is the transfer, Ben Skoranek. I mean, this is a recruit. He he had to choose where to go, you know. But this is a guy that we can all be pretty much be excited about. We've talked about his stats before, good hands, a uh, bigger guy, six foot three, could could per, uh, present some physical mismatches out there. He has experience. I mean, I almost look for Skoranek to start. I really do. I could see Skoranek starting over Keys or Austin. You have to have Lindsey on the field. If Lindsey's not on the field, it's because he's hurt. Let's just say that. Uh, there's no way in hell that Lindsey cannot should not be on the field from the start. Now, with Lindsey and Keys, because of you know, being a little bit more slight, 5'10", and how that's Keys. How tall is Lindsey? You know, 5'11", 5'10", they're in the 170s to 190 range. It's going to be interesting to see how their body holds up over an entire year. We only seen, got to see flashes of them this year. I'm going to be really interested to see how their bodies hold up for an entire year. As uh, Keys got in for nine games. How many games did Lindsey get in for? Just clicking away here. Yeah, nine games as well. And only had multiple um, had multiple catches in a few games. I think, what? I mean, he didn't have any games with over three catches. He had four carries against uh, Stanford for 48 yards. I mean, he hasn't done enough to show any wear and tear on his body. And with them being just a little more trim, these aren't Chase Claypool type guys or Miles Boykin type guys. This is a definite changeup in our uh, receiving core. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys hold up. And if they don't, then in my opinion, look for a guy like Jordan Johnson to be ready in the bullpen, ready to come in just chucking 90. All right, guys. So that is the show for today. Another Locked On Irish podcast is in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are mad at me in that middle segment there. But hey, I want to hear from you guys. I really do. Start interacting with the page. Let's let this Twitter thing blow up. At Locked On Irish on Twitter. At Locked On Irish on Facebook. Remember, on the Locked On Podcast Network. This network is huge. Huge, man. You could, if you have a long enough drive to work, you could essentially listen to Locked On Notre Dame, Locked On Irish, and then just, what? who's your other team? Your team is on there. 
So go check that out. Make sure you're listening to us, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the right places. Tomorrow we'll do our Clemson preview. We'll talk about the defensive side of the ball, and I'm sure I'll find something else to rant about. Till then, guys, go Irish. <laughs>